cheer. Welcome to the How Could You Podcast. I'm Lauren Tossie. And I'm Ryan Tossie. We're about to turn this podcast up to 11. Oh, I thought you were going to say, welcome to hell, this is Spinal Tap. Yes. You know, I was, I, I know, I just went with the very obvious one. So I, I do immediately have a question. Is, the, prior to seeing this film, is that the only thing you knew about this movie? No-ish, but, but, <laughs> I mean, that was the big one, obviously. <laughs> well, welcome, everyone. If you are joining us for the first time, we are two people who fell in love at a movie theater and never quite left. Uh, we started this podcast to fill gaps in our film knowledge, like the one we are filling for Ryan today. Um, but, you know, I've expanded this to include great cinematic debates and including bringing some friends on, which we're about to get to. But before we get started talking about this movie that is direct from hell, that's the line, it's direct from hell, this is Spinal <laughs> Tap. Um, Ryan, do you have a Tassie's take for this? week something you want to recommend to the audience i do although i feel like as we quote this movie we're going to quote it wrong all episode long i've been quoting Just, we're the, gonna get it within the yes. ballpark yep no i've been quoting that up to 11 line wrong my entire life yes i do have a tossy's take thank you for giving me the uh, floor i appreciate that so I just want to say, so this uh, my Tossie's take for this week is this past Saturday, Southerly High High School in Center Valley, PA, yeah. had its annual mini-thon event. It is a fundraiser to raise money for the Four Diamonds Foundation, whose proceeds go to fighting pediatric cancer. The fundraiser culminates into a 12-hour no-sitting event with dancing, events, merriment, and reflection. <laughs> um, and why am I bringing this up? It's because our amazing co-host, Lauren Tossie, is the advisor for this organization. Their final total they raised for this year was a remarkable approximately $36,500. Incredible. Incredible. And that's all going to go into helping children and their families with their fight against cancer. It's such an outstanding job, Lauren. Congratulations to you and your whole team of students and and all your faculty that came out and helped. I mean, just an amazing job. And it it deserves to be recognized. So so Uh, proud of you. too much, too much. Yeah. No, the kids were incredible. It's so fun. I think every part of my body still hurts from that yeah. event. Every year I say to myself, this is the year I get in shape for mini fun. There's no getting in shape for dancing for 12 hours, but it was absolutely the most fun. It's such an incredible cause. So. You guys are nonstop. Yeah. Um, but would, just just an amazing, amazing job. So oh. Awesome. What a nice toss you take. I didn't expect that. I'm all blushy now. Well, uh, now you got to pivot us, though. Okay. You're, you're Mike one. You got to <laughs> Well. Um, thank you for that, and and if and if you're someone who was at the event or supported the cause, like thank you so much for the support. My kiddos super super appreciate it, and as do I. As does that incredible organization. Uh, but we're here to talk about something uh, a little less pure. <laughs> it's a rock documentary. And, you know, as we were uh, thinking about this as a film that has a huge gap in Ryan's knowledge, and we were about to find a huge gap in someone else's knowledge, there was only one person we wanted to talk about this film with. Uh, special guest, can you introduce yourself to the audience? Hey, everybody, I'm Ben Youngerman. Hey. Nice to see you, nice to be with you guys. Yay, Ben! Hey. I'm sorry, I did nothing for pediatric cancer this week. <laughs> so you're already better than me. I'm sorry. This podcast has gone down. Downhill. Next podcast, we expect you to. All right, yes. <laughs> a twelve-hour event under your butt. Uh, all right. <laughs> all right. You know, so charitable organizations aside, can you tell us yeah. a little bit? Tell our audience a little bit about what you do, about yeah. your company. It's cool. Yeah, uh, you might know me if you go to uh, Lehigh Valley Phantoms games as Bowtie Ben. Yeah. Uh, that's just my side hustle though. During the winter, uh, yeah, started a company. Uh, Molten Metal Media, just over a little over a year and a little under a little under a year and a half ago. 
numbers, you know. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm a, a social media manager, content creator, all that kind of fun stuff that goes into social media and internet stuff. A lot of marketing stuff too. So it's a kind of a catch-all uh, for for all that stuff that I do. Uh, depends on the client, but uh, a lot of great clients. Uh, previously, you guys, and I appreciated yeah. it. It was a lot of fun. Right? Oh my god, it was amazing. Yeah. I mean, not only. Everything you did for us was just amazing, but also just getting to know you, yeah, who you is got, just yeah. an amazing oh, individual. Yeah, you guys are awesome, too. Yeah. yeah so, uh, yeah, Molten Media is going great. Uh, Molten Metal Media is going great. Um, it's just a name that I I like metal music, so I threw it in my, my name. Uh, the Molten part is kind of a, a homage to you know, Bethlehem Steel and that kind of thing, but also how I uh, view social media as like a fluid uh, kind of artful kind of uh, practice that doesn't get enough respect, I don't think. Uh, it takes a lot of, you know, you can't just have a 15-year-old, like, run a major right. uh, company's account. It's right. a lot more than that. It's, yeah, it's, uh, it's scheduling, it's it's, uh, it's, it's creative, it's, um, yeah, just, um, uh, where's yeah, just being able to strategize on how to p- push things out. Uh, so it's a lot of fun. I like doing that kind of stuff. Uh, and so, yeah, a lot of great clients. Uh, Compact Disc Center, you guys are familiar with. Very much so. Podcast, yeah. uh, you, record Store Day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mary's awesome. She was my first client. Uh, my best friend, uh, uh, Dan. We've been friends since third grade. Uh, he's Disney Dan on the interwebs. Uh, he's got close to 300,000 subscribers on YouTube. Uh, so he's killing it. Uh, it's a lot of fun just like being a part of his world and all that kind of his, stuff. His videos are, yeah, he, oh, he's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, his yes. It's crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, I wish. His, his, yeah, his stuff just goes you throw something online and like in an hour it's out to like ten thousand people it's nuts he's got uh, the best laugh oh he's yeah. just yeah, yeah he really does yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's been the same since like third grade I swear <laughs> God. Like it's, it's, well that's what we were watching his videos and then we were working with you before we even realized yeah. you know the connection there so yeah very cool yeah so uh he's been a lot of fun uh yeah like doing civic theater uh where you yes. know you guys were over there too um so that's kind of how we uh, got together and did some of those uh, your 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 previous nostalgia cinema yeah. back there. Um, let's see. I don't want to forget anybody else. Uh, Nine Lives Thrift Store in Coopersburg, uh, who's great. Uh, it's my friend Sam. Uh, she dresses like a pirate and a mermaid and runs a thrift store that helps cats out. So uh, coolest she's human being ever. Yeah, she's yep. great. She's yeah. amazing. Uh, Starflight Drone Shows is a, is a newer oh, client of mine. Uh, if you've seen any of the, those drone light shows in the sky. Yeah, uh, awesome. Yeah, we're, uh, it's kind of like an upstart. We've done some really cool uh, shows recently, and so it's starting to gain steam, and uh, you'll see them in the skies soon around here and, and anywhere. We're actually... Uh, yeah, we're able to fly them anywhere in the country uh, as long it. as there's the airspace to do right. so. Um, so that's pretty cool. Um, just joined a marketing firm called High Expectations Marketing. Uh, so it's a cannabis uh, company. Uh, hopefully getting a couple of clients that are uh, taking advantage of the uh, recreational marijuana in New Jersey soon. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. So we're actually waiting for the client to actually like get credentialed. Like there's a meeting this week to see if they get like their license to sell in New Jersey. Uh, so Fingers that would crossed. be nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I've been working with the Allentown Film Festival, uh, which was amazing. And those guys also run Art in the Park. Uh, so I'll be helping them out with that. Uh, the film uh, festival looked like a huge success. Oh, it was so fun. I yeah. hope, I'm sure some of your listeners were there. Uh, yeah. It was just great. Um, you know, just, it was so nice seeing the people that made films that were there and just like 
very appreciative of like, hey, my thing was on a screen. Right. Like, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, and like, you know, there, there were some awards, but they were, you know, the award was being in it. You know, right. They, it's about they the celebration. Through, of... They looked through like, I think it was like over six or 700 like short films and wow. feature films that they just had to go through. Um, and yeah, it was great. Everybody was That's incredible. super happy and like pretty full houses for the most part. And that was just the first year. So we were, you know, That's... expecting a little less even. So right. next year should be amazing for the Elton yeah. Film Festival. Um, it's growth and stuff too. So yeah, uh, always got fun stuff going on and yeah. I mean, you just got amazing clients. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I'm very lucky. Well, that's even like, stuff. I yeah. love you stuff you put out with Nine Lives, uh, mm-hmm. thrift store, like just the stuff that she has in her store mm-hmm. and that you're posting about. Like, yeah. I'm always like, I need to run over there. Yeah, she's really close. So Sometimes, yeah. I definitely use my, uh, my cred to, uh, yes. like, I'm texting, I'm like, yo, Sam, save that for me. Uh, <laughs> I was like, you got, cause I don't there's know if you've talk, got the talk, talk Boy. The top I got boy the top from boy. Home Alone yeah. 2? Because uh-uh. I had one as a kid, and I, like, don't know what happened to it. And it's, like, one yeah. of those, like, big regret things. Right. Where you're like, why did, why did this get thrown out of all yeah, the other crap right. that I have in bins and stuff? Like, why didn't I take care of this? You're or, like, I want to confuse Tim Curry in a hotel. I need yeah, this, exactly. right? Um, don't we all? Yeah. So. And one day, I think I saw you there on, on stilts of yeah, some sort. Yeah, she like, found some stilts. And yeah. I, I know how to walk on stilts. That's <laughs> awesome. So I was like, yeah, let's work with these. And I don't know. Just, that's what I like about it. It's just like, I like seeing stuff and then be like, how can I use this? And that's yeah. how we were just like, I just got on the stilts and, uh, you know, did some improv. <laughs> so that's, I have some improv and comedy yeah. background and that kind of stuff, too. So it all works together. It's a lot you kind of gotta just, you, you got, your resume is just <laughs> beyond. Yeah. Do like, you sleep awesome. or no? Right. Not so much? Not so much? <laughs> no. Mainly anxiety and insomnia. But, uh, but yeah, also just not ever stop working. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, a lot of really cool clients with a really cool Thank person. Yeah, so, nice. and yeah. I, I think Lauren will probably be, you know, certainly posting all of their, you know, nice. social media stuff. Oh, to, definitely. You know. Well, because it's so incredible to see like how your mind works with things. And even mm. I know like stuff you did with us where it was like, I would have never thought to turn that into something that might, someone might want to see like, oh, yeah. or that might be valuable. And then it was yeah. like stuff that people really responded to. And I'm like, cause your mind works in that mm. way where you, you seem to have like such a pulse on like, People will think that's cool to see that. And that's incredible. You get to highlight things that we may not think of as special, Mm -hmm. but you're able to see what's special about them. I almost like, not to be like high up on myself, but like, as like a creative director of sorts, just like, oh, what, like, I just like, what piques my interest? And that's what, like, what's that thing that clicks in my brain? I'm like, that looks kind of interesting. Or like, I'll take photos of stuff and like, no, I'll figure it out later. I'm just like, I'd rather have the photos or the video. And then, like, hey, if we don't use it, don't use it. Or, you know, I'd rather have too much than too little content, you know, yeah. to feed the machine. Um, so, yeah, it's just that kind of that fun stuff that I enjoy doing. Well, one of the core things, I mean, like, we knew about you when before we started working together is your love of music. And obviously, mm, you've expressed yeah. that with, like, you know, how you've branded your company and the stuff that, you know, and you post incredible, incredible footage from the, all the shows that you go to. And uh, audience, you may not remember this, although you should, because we definitely tagged you in everything for this. Uh, ben was the, the, the man behind our... Our record store day episode he ran our sound he recorded us uh took incredible photos of us um no your talent is incredible Thank i think you. that sounds like i'm saying we looked incredible no. although i really did like how we looked so it was nice right. it just all worked out yeah. um, we are the uncool and you made us look cool yeah. so we appreciate you guys are cooler than you think you are <laughs> But, like, one of the things that we didn't, you know, because you were behind the camera and behind mm. the mics, we didn't get to ask you, so I have to ask you now, what is your favorite movie soundtrack Ooh, of all time? Well, look at this. I brought it with me. Shasha! Uh, uh, Disney Dan, the other day, we uh, were actually recording a podcast. Like, we're 
testing out a podcast yes. about Hollywood. Uh, but while he was over, he was like, you are the king of... Uh, of physical media. <laughs> I'm like, yep, you're right. I got it all. Uh, so, Shut up! Yeah, so I got the Queen of the Damned uh, on vinyl here. This was a fun... Uh, yeah, this is on... What is this on? It's on, like, this nice, like, greenish vinyl. Uh, so, yeah, this is my favorite movie soundtrack. Uh, my intro to, like, metal and stuff was all the new metal stuff yeah, from yeah. the late 90s, like, for better or worse. Uh, I tend to like it all, but, yeah, this is, this is a gorgeous... Uh, Oh, stop! Yeah, this one's gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it's the Queen of the Damned soundtrack. Uh, so yeah, I was a big fan of Korn, and that was, that's like my band. I've seen more than any other band uh, in my lifetime. Uh, so uh, Jonathan Davis was the voice of uh, the vampire singing in Queen of the Damned, the actual movie. Uh, but because of um, some like record contract stuff yeah he wasn't actually allowed to put that music on a physical album so that's why if you see it's like all the songs are sung by different artists in the metal community like it worked out well because i love all these different (laughs) versions too yeah yeah. i would like the jonathan davis versions on this but uh it's not but yeah so like david draymond from disturbed uh wayne static from static x chester bennington uh deftones did a song on here uh marilyn manson uh, did one and then it's got a bunch of Oh, yeah, Jay Gordon from Orgy and more. And then some of these were just, like, new metal songs right. from the day, too, that are just pressed on vinyl. So it's just a cool uh, actual physical product. But, yeah, I do also have, going deeper down the rabbit hole, <laughs> this is uh, the this is a live album of Jonathan Davis's solo tour that he did <laughs> in the late 2000s, uh, which I got to see live, which was awesome. And he did a bunch of the songs from Queen of the Damned live that's during so that tour awesome. with a band and stuff. So they've got the recordings on here. So that's the way <laughs> I'm able to hear the Jonathan Davis yeah, yeah. versions of the Queen of the Damned songs on his own, uh, yeah, his own Alone I Play live at the Union Chapel album. Uh, so that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's where I go even deeper. I'm like, I'm not going to take no for an answer. <laughs> I love Damn that. record record companies. <laughs> I love that you brought these things, one. Mm-hmm. Two, I had no idea that that album existed on vinyl. And mm-hmm. three, so like... Uh, the the Anne Rice Vampire Chronicles were like seminal to like my yeah. early teen years, and when the movie came out, I was like, there was a lot that they got wrong. But it was like the one thing I thought they got right was the music. I was mm-hmm. like, that yeah. actually feels exactly how Lestat would have been, how he would have sounded, because mm-hmm. it was such a great sound. Like, and it felt otherworldly. Like. Yeah. The music in that was incredible. I have to admit, you just gave me a how could you, and mine is, how could I not have known that Jonathan Davis was the singing voice for Lestat? Such a stink. Yeah, just I had no, I had no idea. Um, I loved our... Because you're thinking about Stuart Townsend singing. I, I, I guess, like, yeah, because like, I know that, that soundtrack that I love, and and that, and the, the, like you said, the music was just so on point in that film. Um, but I, and I liked, I really listened to Korn a lot, so I just, yeah. I had no idea. That is amazing. And it, it was, it was, I did, I did, I don't think I liked the movie as much because... It's Jonathan Davis' voice coming out like this pretty boy. I'm like, what is this? I'm like, this is everything he's against, man. Like, yeah, he was a freak in high school, and that's why I like him. And like, it was just like a weird, yeah, yeah, just a weird thing seeing this guy clearly lip syncing throughout the whole movie. Attractive man doesn't have this voice. Yeah. that would be criminal. Exactly. Uh, and I brought up, I brought, I also brought a secondary runner up. This is a deeper cut Ooh. album. 
Uh, this is the End of Days soundtrack. Oh, oh. the Schwarzenegger film. The Schwarzenegger film, right? movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I ever saw this movie. But this is <laughs> yeah. a, this is a banging soundtrack uh, for I think it was 1998ish, 99 time. Uh, so Corn has uh, an original song <laughs> on here, so that's why I bought it. Uh, nice. Uh, the Camel song, which is a fun one, but it's got Everlast. It's got uh, an original Limp Biscuit song. Uh, it's got a different version of Rob Zombie's uh, Super Beast. It's got Eminem on here, Prodigy, Guns N' Roses, Power Man 5000, Stroke, Sonic Youth, and last but not least, in the 12 track spot, our good friends in Creed. <laughs> so, this is an amazing soundtrack. Uh, the movie is, I think, crap. I don't know. You guys tell me. I don't. Did you I ever don't, see it? You know what? I'm I, trying to remember if I saw I knew what movie it was, but yeah, I don't know if I've ever seen it. I don't think I've ever seen it, actually. This is, uh, it's got copyright 1999. It's like it, a, so I think yeah. it's like an apocalyptic. Um, yes, end of days. The end of days. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just stay over here on mic two, folks. <laughs> just made me laugh how you said it. It's, it's very true. I think, yeah, because I remember, I think that was what, early, early 2000s, right? Like yeah. 2000, 2001 type time yeah. frame. But. Well, and I also just think like as you're reading that off, I remember like what a golden time that was for soundtrack mm. because you would get to hear your favorite artists collaborate or be on the same space, share a same space, yeah. like this like mixtape of all your favorite bands like mm-hmm. collaborating for a film together. It felt like such like a special thing that happened. Yeah. I don't think it happens as frequently frequently anymore but like that like you know mid to late 90s early 2000s time that was like still happening yeah, like when frequently still, yeah when they're at least like putting out original music on there like yeah whether or not they were like b-sides from an album right. put out like this the, yeah. the song corn has on there it's, it clearly sounds like a b-side from <laughs> follow the leader on there it's just insane right. production style and everything but it's like hey i got another extra song yeah absolutely uh and yeah it's just a nice mixtape of sorts too of yeah so that's what i liked about those I, and I just appreciate so much, of course, you know, you represent, you know, Compact Disc Center. Of course, you're going to bring in the physical media to I us. Actually, that's why yeah. I actually like CD, like, <laughs> yeah. I like record stores and CD stores. And, like, I want them to exist. So that's why I'm super happy to. So I'm going to ask there. you this yeah. question. I actually asked my sister Jolene recently this question. Mm-hmm. She's a big physical media fan herself. Yeah. And I was asking, you know, and she talks about music. What do you have as like, what is your favorite? Do you, you uh, cassettes? CDs, vinyl, you know, uh, nowadays eight, eight yeah. track. <laughs> uh, I just uh, that, yeah. What is your choice if you if you had one that you like the best? Yeah, this is a longer tangent, but yeah, just as a, like <laughs> as like uh, in our age group, we've been through yeah. all of the different physical media yes, at right. this point. Yes, like, to we, some degree. Yeah, yeah. When we like we're like very young, like vinyl yeah. was still a thing. Like, yeah, yeah. We had them in our houses. I remember having like a. Uh, like play school like oh, vinyl yeah, record player for those but then oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah. then like you know my dad used to do uh teach like aerobics classes so he had like a boom box that was like part cassette half like cd one <laughs> yeah so like i had those things too i don't we had, you know used to play some i think like we had a stephen wright tape that we like burned to the ground like listened to a thousand <laughs> right. times uh but then yeah then like my first ever like thing that i bought uh that got me into metal was uh when I was like 13 in, in a JCC camp, uh, we went to, on a trip to Baltimore and I bought Limp Bizkit's Significant Other. Yes! That was my first ever uh, parental advisory thing. The guy uh, somehow let me buy it, thankfully. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I just had, you know, I had a ton yeah. of CDs as a kid, but then I got 
um, you know, into vinyl as, as this kind of resurgence right. has come to pass. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm deep down that very expensive rabbit hole now right. of uh, vinyl collection. Uh, so yeah, that's my new kind of... Ice. I just, and then I, you know, fell in love with companies like uh, Third Man Records, which yes. is uh, Jack White from the yep. White Stripes, uh, who does his own thing. And like, they're just all about quality and like pushing mm-hmm. the envelope and doing cool new stuff with the, with the format and like keeping it alive. So um, yeah, I just love, love the vinyl culture and just like having a physical thing that I bought instead of a bunch of ones and zeros that could right. be deleted on my phone. Yes. And it's like, it's more personal and you have to get up and you have to put it on the thing and you have to, you know, do the static brush and like all that kind of, like a, you're more connected to it. And, uh, and I, I just grew up listening to albums straight through rather than like the shuffle play mode of, of yeah. nowadays, you know? So like, I just like having an album and a mood. It's like, uh, my cousin once referred to it as like, you wouldn't just go see the Mona Lisa and look at the top right corner. Right. Like you want to see the whole thing, like yeah. jump, like give me give me That's the full thing with the yeah. artwork and the physical. Like what do you do with the liner notes and all that kind of stuff? So I just like the whole actual experience of having a physical piece of music. I'm glad you brought up the liner yeah. notes. It's such a, a, a law, like mm-hmm. gets forgotten about so much sometimes yeah. with the I want to see who media. they think and the yeah. thing yeah. I love. Yes. It's like weird <laughs> stuff. I don't know. Or uh, check yourself on Lyric. Like yeah. know who worked on it mm-hmm. because it may be someone you didn't expect that that artist exactly, was collaborating yeah. with in the process. And I really like, and, and you put it much more eloquently than I would have been ever able to, you know, talking about listening to the full album and, mm-hmm. and everything. And But I do find myself very old man yelling at the clouds with the shuffle option. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. When I'm going to get an like listen mm-hmm. to something on streaming, I'm like, no, I just want to listen to the album yeah. straight through. Like, or yeah. some, or they'll like it'll be they're not allowed to play it straight through. They have to shuffle the album, and I'm like, <laughs> yes. this is track four. This is not track one. Uh, so I just get angry. It's I like, I was finding this fu- so frustrating when we were preparing actually back for the uh, uh, soundtrack yeah, or for the compact disc center or record store day. Excuse me, mm-hmm. episode was that, and that was where my problems. Like, no, these are these yeah. aren't in order. What's going on here? And then when it's an album you really love. It's mm-hmm. aggravating. You're like, yeah, because it, it's, it's like it's you twitch. Yeah, it's yeah. like there's no flow to it. It's not what the intended purpose of it was. Or the end of the track is just the the intro into the into the next yeah. track, right? <laughs> for when you play it, you yes. know, like so. It just yeah. I do a, a big question for you yes. though. When you showed up to camp with that album, did you mm-hmm. have the red Yankees cap backwards? Or? I did not. Ah. Uh, <laughs> I, I do have a bunch of red Phillies hats. And okay. Every time I pull one on, I'm like, damn it, I look like Fred Durst. Yeah. <laughs> like I still think that every time I put right. it on, I had the red Yankees cap. <laughs> My brother got it for me. I'm just like, no, guys, I'm just a Phillies fan. This is not a fashion choice. I just like the Phillies. Well, no, and I so appreciate your thoughts on physical media. I know it's something we both feel very passionately mm. about too. Whether it whether it's vinyls, whether it's film, because it's like sometimes like when things get lost in the ether, a streaming service decides mm. like this thing isn't important to us anymore. It's not valuable, yeah. and it gets like lost. Like it, it can be really hard. So I before we get to the film that we're going to talk about today, so. Yeah, you know, obviously we're a film podcast, mm-hmm. and we're asking a little bit about soundtracks. But I want to know: Are you in, like rock documentaries, music documentaries? Is that something that you super enjoy? And if so, do you have any favorites you want to share I with I us? I've watched some, um, just like the Metallica, some kind of monster is like yeah, an infamous yeah. one. Yeah, but like, yeah. it's just like right. weird looking, <laughs> uh, bad time in the band. Uh, so things like that are just like interesting to me. Um, I've watched the. I'm not a super huge like Beatles fan, okay. but I watched that Disney the Disney Plus like six right. hours oh, just in yeah, amazement yeah. of just like just being just that it existed was just it was like a time portal. Uh, that one was, yeah. uh, that one was what just they put amazing. together with that is pretty uh, yeah yeah it was like 
people are like, ah, oh, it's too long. I was like, no, give me like 50 more hours. <laughs> yeah. I'll go into the vault with you, Peter Jackson. I'm like, let's go. Let's watch all of this, man. This is cool. Uh, you know he's got more in the chamber. He's oh, got yeah. like a real long cut at home for oh, himself. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, I think Stephen Colbert said uh, he like uh, he got invited over to watch some of the initial stuff, and they watched just like 13 hours. Yeah, it's literally just following just, them, just yeah. whatever they do. He's like, hey, John, I gotta go take a shit. Like, All right. Peter's like, should we keep this? This is an intimate portrayal. Oh, those are great picks. Yeah. Yeah. Brian, do you have any? I, yeah. Um, you know, when you ask, um, Sorry, <laughs> should have a quicker answer on that. Um, so uh, one of my favorites, and, and we were just talking before the show about Billy Joel, um, but I really love the uh, A Matter of Trust, Billy Joel, uh, for The Bridge to Russia, uh, when he oh, was doing right on, yeah. the tour over there. Um, and I think it was like a 2009 doc about the 87 show or 84. I might have the years wrong there, but that was really awesome. Um, Moon Age Daydream. Oh, uh, Bowie just did is trippy as hell, um, but really, really cool. Um, so, and then it kind of made me think about like some of the big ones, which was like Truth or Dare, Madonna's. Like, not that I'm necessarily a fan, but I just remember that being such a huge deal, yeah. like when it came out. It was like scandalous. Yeah. Yeah. And then kind of like what uh, Scorsese's Last Waltz. That's a how could you for me, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel bad about Remind that me, one. what was that one about? That was uh, the, about the band. The band. Oh, about their last, yeah. yeah, their last show. And then the other one it makes me think of is um, the Gimme Shelter, um, yeah. which was the Stones and kind of just talk, because it really plays about how, like, what was going on in the late 60s and everything that was starting to build up. And then, obviously, you have that craziness of Altman, um, the, the tragedy there, yeah. uh, you know, for the finale, so. Yeah. yeah. What about you? Because um, I left one off my list that I have a feeling you might say. So okay. So I have also Summer of Soul without a doubt. That what was, I, that I, was, I, yeah. I, I, I still I, need to see that. Uh, so so good. Yeah. Um, you know, we bought we bought the vinyl at Compact Disc Center um, for for the film. It was just incredible, and it was like such so as like you know I, I love anything where it's like hey this would have been lost to history if mm, someone hadn't yeah. been plucky enough to go like let me do the research and let me like like shine a light on this and mm. and it's so it's so beautiful. Um, like class, you know. Um, um, you know, Cobain montage of heck, uh, jagged is, uh, the jagged little pill that that album was like so important to me is like, like, I remember even thinking as a young person when my mom bought that for me, like, should I be listening to this? Like, I don't think I understand some of the words in this. Um, but that like that, that album is important to hearing her story, uh, Pearl Jam 20, um, you know, Cameron Crowe. We, yeah. got, we, got, we got our quote of Cameron yeah, Crowe yeah. on the show. And like, you know, and this one's like tough, but like Amy, like that's an incredible <laughs> documentary. Like the subject matter is not easy and whether or not you're a fan of her or not, like it's it's a fascinating portrayal. So, and that's like, you know, rock documentaries I think can be so incredible and so engaging because it's like, it's, you know, at least for a time, it was ways you hadn't seen artists because there wasn't social media. You know, essentially like what you had prior to like, behind the music um or like you know which you know that was always like you know intense intense melodrama what you had is like hey let's see these bands a little bit more raw a little bit more uncut and like that always felt really special and like Scorsese in like so many ways like kind of perfected the art of that uh like with Gimme Shelter like or at least gave people a blueprint for this um and you guys gave incredible examples you know you know I know Ryan sometimes you you're negative about your own music prowess I think it's much better than you like to give yourself credit for <laughs> Ben obviously you have like encyclopedic knowledge we're talking about rock documentaries um 
as, as ardent fans of rock music, I just have to ask, how can neither of you have ever seen This Is Spinal Tap before? <laughs> I know. What is I wrong know. with both of you? You're, this is, this is just tr- anger. This is very... Yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm, pleased, guys. I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm taking a backseat on this because I'm looking over at, you know, the man wearing the Metallica. He brought in the receipts today with the, the vinyl for Queen of the Damned. So, Ben, how Come could on, you? Ben. I'm just oh, so up, disappointed. Man? So, I was thinking about, like, while I was watching it, I was, I was thinking, like, it's something I've always, like, wanted to watch, but, like, the only thing is I knew about it where they obviously, like, the turn it up to 11. Like, I've seen yeah. some of those clips of, yeah, like, yeah. baseball games and stuff, you know, like, that kind of stuff. And it was just, like... I don't know, it just like seemed like a dad movie of sorts. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like, like I, I thought of it like... This is like, so real, actually. It's like, it's like the title. It was like, the people who like rave about Caddyshack. And I'm like, Caddyshack's great. It's a fun, like, it's a comedy classic. I can identify it as that. But it's like, it's not my thing all the way. Like, like I enjoy it and I would watch it. Yeah. And like, I got yeah. nothing wrong with it. But it's like, I don't know, it's like a dad movie that they, they just like... <laughs> Quote, and that's like the only thing they ever quote for like, the rest of their lives for 40 years. Um, so, you know, I never, yeah, so it was like that. Um, so, I don't know, it just like seemed like it was an older person's movie, but, um, and that's like, and yeah, my, my film knowledge didn't really come about until like my 20s and 30s. Like, the right. film wasn't something I was like yeah. ever super duper exposed thing. to. Yeah. Right? And so it was like, Glad you're on this uh, film podcast with and, yeah, us. And, like, rock, <laughs> yeah, and my parents weren't like rock, uh, you know, weren't like just like harder rock yeah. people. Yeah, like, yeah, they like yeah. Billy Joel and like got me into like, you know, like had good good stuff that I listened to as a kid. But, uh, but yeah, so it just wasn't something that fell into like any of the things that like somebody would have exposed me to. And yeah. then by this point it was like, eh, I see it on like Netflix or something. You're like, I don't know. I want to be in the mood to see it kind of thing. This so that's right. where that kind of came into play. I'm like. It was almost like I didn't want, I didn't want, I had high expectations of it and I didn't want it to be like sullied or like right. be disappointed yeah. or something. Yeah, sometimes um, with those great ones, you have to, like when you know yeah. it's it's been so built up, you know you have to make sure you're in the right space to watch it. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I just need a deadline or, uh, I don't know. So thanks for making me do this as homework. Uh, so. No problem. Happy to assign film yeah. homework to anyone Please any day. Oh, uh, Ryan, you're not out of the hot seat. What's your deal? <laughs> you know, you don't I do like this, to laugh or I, something? Or what's your problem? I, why, why does everybody think I don't like humor? I don't like fun um no uh you uh ben put it because I, I was trying to because i knew the question was coming yeah and i was like all right why why haven't i seen this and you put it in such a, a perfect way that it was like it felt like a dad film like mm-hmm. it just never was something that was in my radar of interest and it just seemed like for a an older audience or a, just a different group of people although i will this is my my admission right now that i am not a Caddyshack fan. I find I don't understand why anybody enjoys that movie. Um, but you brought it up. I just needed to. No, no. There's like a like a subsection of our fan base that's going to be like sh- unsubscribe. The but. static coming through your ears is Lauren's <laughs> gaze at Ryan right now. Just the these are just things you don't say. It hurts me to say yeah. about a Bill Murray film, yeah. for the record. But no, um, you no. Like I said, you put it kind of exactly like it just didn't have an interest in it for many many years and then what happened was it kind of turned into I felt like I was going to already know what it was like I kind of felt like oh I probably already kind of know the jokes and and all of that it's Mm -hmm. never going to be this movie that I'm going to enjoy so I just kind of stayed away from it but um, when we were talking to you Ben about like what you know what movies would you want to do on it and you put this out there I'm so glad you did because it is a movie that we needed to see right 
right? Like, like you see this. Yeah. Yeah. So I will say this, like, to make first off, like, I think this is you described exactly like why we started this podcast, which is like sometimes things are so, so like referenced. Mm-hmm. And it is, it, people put so much pressure around, and I think comedy movies are actually harder for this because there's so much pressure around the humor of it yeah. mm-hmm. that it's like, by the time you go to watch it, you're like, I feel like I know the beats. I feel like I know the punchlines. So it's not going to have the same effect. And like, oh, I know the turn up to 11. Like, that's the main joke in it. Yeah. Like, yeah. You're like, oh, okay, that's a, and like, as I was watching the movie, I was like, this isn't even the funniest joke. This isn't even no. like the top 10 funniest <laughs> jokes in this movie. Like, uh, right. So it was just like, if that was the, I thought that was the peak of right. it. Right. I was like, oh, no, this is, this is so dense with amazing comedy material. And like, to make it even more embarrassing for the fact that I didn't watch it, like, I've seen all the Christopher Guest movies, like, except for this one. Like, okay, so that I've was going to be a like, question. I've even seen like The Mighty Wind. I like, like, I just, songs from that pop in my head all the time. Like, he made me a mix CD with Kiss at the End of the Rainbow. Yes. <laughs> a part of it. Yeah. Well, that's, and I'm glad you brought up that. I mean, obviously, we can't not talk about Christopher Guest, but it was something that, like, as I was watching it, all, and all I thought to myself about halfway through was, I forget how much I love the Christopher Guest yeah. movies. Like, yeah. I just, it's for what, and they're not movies that we watch, rewatch a lot, and I don't know why. Because they're I mean, so great the first time. Yeah, you almost don't yeah. need to rewatch. Like, they're rewatchable, but they're so great. Do you have a favorite Christopher Guest movie? Um, I honestly, I love A Mighty Wind. I don't know why. Like, Mighty I, Wind's I saw so good. Best yeah. of Show, like, when I was a kid, and then I've rewatched mm-hmm. it as an adult. And, like, it still stands up, but it's just, like, yeah. it's a little slower paced and more, like, individualized. I don't know. I just like the. Yeah. Like the stuff in A Mighty Wind and uh, Fred Willard doing like, what happened? I don't know why. That's just a nerdy <laughs> reference I always want to use that nobody understands. So, so just, we oh, understand. Okay, <laughs> so sometimes I'll just find myself going, what happened? And, and I'm just like, what the hell are you referencing? Uh, so yeah, like, I, I don't know. I just like the music in that and it just like hits me. Every uh, once in a while he'll do the E. Oh, yeah. oh, oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite Christopher Guest oh. movie. Is is my? I think it's yours too. Or is yours best in show? Are we counting this in? Not yet. Not yet. Okay, yeah, then yeah. yeah, Mighty Wind. Okay, Mighty yeah, Wind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, this is fair. So, um, here's the thing. I'm going to affirm something you both have you know, gestured towards, which is, like, this is a dad movie. Yeah, it is. I mean, my dad showed me this movie. (laughs) And, like, this was, like, one of those for me. So, like, I watched this growing up, and that was a little bit my fear of both of you watching it, because I'm like, I... So, Ryan has a huge gap in his film knowledge in in the the shape of Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Mm. And I... You Des- still haven't seen it? Mm-mm, no. Okay. And yeah. I desperately don't want to watch it did with him. Did you just tell that to the man that was in Spamalot? I did. <laughs> Thanks. I did. He's still sitting here. <laughs> no, I appreciate so I'd that. Say I'm he's, not going to shame. It's I, a weird <laughs> British comedy. It's like, it's not for everyone. But like, I don't want to watch it with him because I'm like, uh, if you don't yeah. think this is the funniest thing ever, I'm going to be so upset <laughs> because I think it's hysterical. Now, I, say I, feel, I like what he said and then you come back with, <laughs> I'm I don't want to judge you. That's why you're married. She can judge you every second of the day. British humor but like and this is like so I grew up watching this and like so I thought I'm like well is what makes this so funny um that I grew up watching it so the beats to me are just Mm. naturally funny because I've grown up watching it and so I have to ask both of you because I know we're going to talk kind of favorite scenes and best gags and all that fun stuff but I have to ask what are our initial reactions how did you feel finally watching this is Spinal Tap um it's one of my favorite movies Ah, yeah it's it's, it was just watching I was just like this is amazing like I was I was starting to take like notes on my phone. I was like, no, I'm just gonna enjoy. I didn't realize like how dense it was gonna be with comedy and um, yeah, just so it's my yeah, it's one of my favorite movies. And like I'm almost glad I saw it after the other Christopher Guest movies, like because like it would have like the other ones might I don't know affected yeah. the way I viewed it. 
Um, so it's almost like seeing their nice, their best piece after seeing like some of their good ones, some of the not so great ones. Right. Um, so yeah, like this was just obviously the perfect Christopher Guest movie and just the way everything, yeah, just everything was Yay. amazing. Uh, yeah, those are just my initial reactions. Yes, I love it. Yeah. Ryan, how do you feel about This Is Final Tap? I loved it. Yay! Yeah, I absolutely loved it. Yeah, I mean, to me, it was... The jokes were just sharp and funny, and it was just continuous. I thought, and I have a... F- well, I don't know if we'll talk about later when I say this. I thought it was the perfect length of a film, mm, um, yeah, which yeah, we yeah. might have some trivia on that later, depending. Um, that we... I just love the fact that they commit it to the bit, mm-hmm. like, throughout, but, like, played it so earnestly, like, which I shouldn't have been surprised by, but, like... You know, the fact of just how it was filmed and the focus and in and out of focus throughout it. And it was just like, it was just, I was expecting, like, when I sat down to watch it, I thought, I'm going to laugh. But I didn't expect to just find myself amused and enjoying Mm -hmm. it and laughing for the entire hour and a half. Yeah, it was just every, like, (laughs) yeah, after a while, I was just like, I can't even fart around on my phone while watching this. Like, because there were sight gags. It was just... It was every kind of comedy packed into one because there was the satire of just the documentary thing as just an overall Mm -hmm. kind Mm -hmm. of thing. Uh, You know, you had the actual written songs that were, that aren't like nail on the head, like clearly comedy songs. Like it was just very subtle jokes. Yes. uh, The way they attack it. (laughs) But then there was just physical jokes too that like didn't even get mentioned. Like there's the scene at the party where they just all have uh, herpes sores on their lips. Nobody mentions it. I'm just like, oh, they just have herpes sores on their lips for this scene. Like it was just those kind of sight gags. There was just like, I I have to watch every little thing and like I'm trying to listen to every line because just the jokes were so like just hidden in there and just dry and uh yeah, and just half of it was improvised and half of it was scripted and it was just everything combined to me was just like comedic gold and just like what you want to see in a comedy movie. It felt, and it felt again, like, and I think that's what makes the humor. It just felt authentic. That's like, as you're yeah. watching it and then like all I kept thinking about was, and I don't know if either of you have seen them, uh, the documentary American movie and the documentary Anvil um, about the band Anvil, yeah. which are both real documentaries. Yeah, yeah. But like, if you put these three movies and we're like, which one's the real one and which one's not, and didn't hadn't seen them, I don't know if you would be like, oh, this is not the real one. Yeah. Like, like, well, that's the famous thing with Ozzy Osbourne. He thought it was real, and he wasn't yeah. the only one. Like, this was people thought they were like because the the biggest criticism that was laid at the feet of the film was like they should have picked a more recognizable band. He's like, wait a second. That was like written in reviews. Like this was like the the trick worked because it feels so authentic. And like the cool thing about this is so like Chris, you know, so we've been talking about Christopher Guest. Like so part of this is he was in a in a hotel. He was checking in. It was 1974 and he was in Los Angeles. He's checking into a hotel. And he's behind a British band, which he has never revealed. And a lot of the thought is is that he doesn't actually know what band it was. Um, But that, you know, so if you don't know the story is that he was, he was listening to them and they got into an argument and they were like all bickering with each other. It was because they couldn't find the, the manager couldn't find their equipment. And the bassist was like, well, like where, where's my, like, where's my bass guitar? And he's like, I don't know. And then he's like, where did you think he left? He's like, I don't know. I probably left it at the airport. (laughs) And it was like this whole argument going back and forth. And Christopher Guest thought like there's something here. So they, you know, so he combined with, you know, so this is with Harry Shearer and Michael McKean and Rob Reiner. And they combined to do a bit on Rob Reiner's uh, comedy sketch show, which Mm. was called the TV show. Um, And the funny thing about this is, is people probably think, because this was also a bit that was done on SNL. Um, 
So a lot of times people will think that that's the origin point. It's not. It's actually this TV show. Yeah. Um, you know, and then in 1984, they go on SNL to promote this. Um, it happens to be that uh, Barry Bostwick is the host that week. <laughs> Spinal Tap was there at, for skits and as musical guests. Um, you know, and the incredible, like, life of this film is that it continued on. There's a Simpsons episode about the band Spinal Tap. Um, yeah, which I have to rewatch now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. To understand better. Yeah. Well, because it's, like, it's like, it makes, like, Otto, like, have, like, a crisis of faith in, like, music. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, how Bart gets, like, into guitars mm-hmm. and, like, and, you know, they're visiting, like, in Springfield. Like, they're playing a show in Springfield. They have put out albums. There has been multiple sequels to this in the vehicle of short films. And, like, one of the incredible things is, like, you said, like, they committed to the bit. Like, this feels earnest. And in and, and, and true fashion, whenever they perform somewhere, they fully commit to their character. Mm-hmm. They will not break. If you go backstage to meet them, they're not Michael McKean and Harry Shearer and Christopher Guest. They are 100% their characters. And I think that's what makes this so great is, like, they're so living in these spaces. And, you know, there's a lot of things that are kind of, like, referenced to this of, like, it's this band, it's that, it's taken from this. And they're, like, it's kind of taken from everywhere and nowhere specific at the same time. But I think that's what makes it so authentic because, like, they crafted these characters so well. It's every single bit of comedy you could want out of this. And let's, you said the cold source thing, and I read something. It was actually supposed to be a bigger part of the film because there was supposed to be a girl group that was opening uh, for gotcha. them. And it was supposed to be that they all got the cold source makes from sense. them. Yeah. But then they cut out that part, but they were like, it's just this hilarious sight gag now throughout the movie when you catch that they have cold sores. Yeah, and I it's think great. it works better. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know if I'm stepping on any toes, but no. you're talking about that being cut. So there is legitimately out there a four and a half hour cut of this movie. Yeah, I need yeah. to see that. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, and they, I can't even imagine. Well, Rob I, Reiner, open the vault, bro. Yeah. <laughs> but I believe that there are ways to see it. Like, I think, oh, like, okay. I yeah. think either via YouTube or, like, oh, nice. we go to cons. I'm sure some um, shady DVD salesman has it. Oh, like, okay. Well, and I think interest will, like, so they've done, like, a lot of anniversary shows. They did a really big thing at Tribeca, I think, for the 25th anniversary anniversary of it and they do these concerts they did a huge thing in 1999 they put out a video that they had created a website called tapster this is when napster was created and that and their whole thing was is we don't care about intellectual property and they were putting that out there and then it was all about the lawsuits that were coming their way um and they've done like a lot of short films there is actually a sequel coming out in 2024 it is confirmed they were going to write a book um and they went nah let's make a movie so they are all reuniting and the the plot is that their band manager Ian Faith has passed away mm. and they're trying to figure out how to continue as a band without him. <laughs> nice. And that is happening and uh, it's going to be filmed in the exact same way. Um, Rob Reiner is coming back to pay, you know, Marty DeBerge, um, and he is go and it's going to be improvised. So wait. look forward to that. Everyone. We have some like, I want to see, I just want to know what Parker Posey is going to play. In this <laughs> right. Movie. right. Yes. Like what the, yes. other, what the but, rest of the Christopher Guest guys is. Like, please bring back Fran Drescher. Oh like, yeah. That too. Like there were so many cameos. Oh, too. Yes. Like, like, those were the treats. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. Like the Billy Crystal and yes. Gina Carvey as mines. <laughs> like it was like, what? Why are they in this movie? <laughs> that, the and mo- for only that. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the funny thing. Cause I look at her and I went, wait, is that Billy Crystal? And mm-hmm. she's like, yeah. I didn't know until I was getting my notes ready that the other one was Dana Carvey. Yeah, same, yeah. <laughs> I should have said that to you. That's on me. I should have been like, oh, yeah. also, that's Dana Carvey. But I thought Fran Drescher was awesome in yeah. this. So, and it was yeah. all like pre, like, height of their careers yeah. kind of thing, too. Oh, like, yeah. It was before Sleepless in Seattle and all that sort of, like, Brittany the Crystal. And, like, right, oh, yeah, yeah. It was just wild that they kind of got a lot of these early people. Well, I guess they talked about the fact, you talked about improvise. There's so much improvis- improvisation in this um, that I guess what happened was they wanted to essentially give almost all 
all of the actors a writing credit. Mm. But, like, the Writers Guild was just like, no. <laughs> like, yeah. So that's why it's that, only yeah. the four of them yep. that get the writing credit. But, like, they legitimately fought to try to get everybody a writing credit because they allowed so much improvisation to be on it. Did you know that Fran Drescher uh, reprised her role as as the publicist? She did so on an episode of The Nanny. <laughs> Where she is pretending to be a publicist, and she used the name. Oh, oh does she? Yes. That's awesome. Nice. Yes, and I remember because I used to watch The Nanny, so I remembered when it happened. I was like, wait a second. <laughs> this is interesting. Um, so obviously, you know, I can feel the energy in the room. We love this movie, which will put the audience certainly at ease because, mm-hmm. you know, this is definitely one of those movies that people feel very passionately about. Um, you know, we're already talking about the verisimilitude of, like, how it's shot you know, it incredibly immerses you into this feeling like a very real experience. So I have to ask both of you, what are some of your favorites in your, do you have a favorite scene or sequence in the film that really stood out? Um, there's lots of little lines, lots of little bits. The one, just the one that I just loved was the, when Harry Shearer is stuck in the pod. Yes. And it was, and I love it even more just because I'm used to Harry Shearer as a huge Simpsons fan. Like <laughs> his humor coming through literally just his voice. But this scene, he didn't say a thing. It was all yes. Harry Shearer doing physical comedy, and it, he blows that away, too. So it's just, like, so impressive that he can do comedy that's completely spoken or just completely physical. Right. Yeah. Uh, just doing those on different ends of the spectrum was just amazing. Uh, I just love that whole scene. It's so good. And yeah. it's just, like, the fact that they're just letting it play out yeah. the whole time through the whole song mm-hmm. is just amazing. <laughs> He's like trying. He's got like a blowtorch to the back <laughs> yes. of a pond. I'm like, I'm gonna set Harry Shearer on fire. Yeah, <laughs> that's one of my favorites. Too. I had such a good pick. <laughs> Do you have? Um, I, I to me, I think the album cover. Yeah. Um, when they're at the uh, practice and the album cover, <laughs> you should see that, what they wanted to have on the cover. <laughs> no, not oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the fact that they just had this black cover. Oh, you're talking yeah. about the reveal. The reveal. Yes. yes. The, no, yeah. the the black. So like, because <laughs> it has just that great line of like. It's like, it's black. It's like, how much more black could it be? And it's like, none. <laughs> the answer is none. It could be no blacker. Like, it's just... Incredible. None more black, I think, is what and, he says. And it's just them going back and forth and an Ian Faith trying to sell it. And just as like, when, uh, you know, he's just like, death sells. Like, yeah. <laughs> just me. And I'm looking at it going, that's an awesome album cover. Like, <laughs> like I would buy that yeah. just out of curiosity. I like that. I also, it's, it's a smaller one. I mean, not with all the big ones, but the, um, the limo driver to me scene is just <laughs> hilarious because you can totally see like this city driver, limo driver who just gets really mad and needs to talk about Frank. Like he needs to talk <laughs> about Sinatra. <laughs> I, had, I I feel like I've had several family members that have done that have had that conversation. I was gonna say your family having a very big New York background. It just reminded me. No man, you don't understand. Frank like, becomes a very big like, deal. Yeah. No, Frank's like a thing. Like Saturdays with Sinatra. My family was a very very serious business. So I get that limo driver, but I love when he's like, "Yeah, they're just a fad." What about you? Ben? Any other any other like big scenes that like? Um, I'd like the. Uh, like the flashbacks to their older bands, uh, those just, yes, and Michael McKean's voice is just perfect for these. I, don't, I think that's why I like the Mighty Wind and just there's like, just this like this, I don't know this trill or this just like twang in his voice that's just like funny somehow. And just like <laughs> and those like just the flower child, right. yes. Yes. and just there's just something about and just how straight he plays things too. Like that's where his humor comes from. Right. It's just like he's he's a serious actor. Like that's you saw it on like Better Call Better Saul. Call. Like 
these guys are just like the best comedians are really good actors because right. it's you're just selling the the ser- like you're trying to be like this is the 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 normal part of this scene he's playing right. the for better lack of a better term the straight man yeah but like doing it in just a funny way he's just acting the funny material that's <laughs> yeah. in front of him uh, and just his voice I don't know it just gets me the gig it just gets me a giggle I don't know why. <laughs> the flashbacks are so good because it's like you had Ed Bigley Jr. on the drums <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when the, like well and I think too like you're saying about the like like kind of playing it like you know if you're a good dramatic actor there's something to that because it's just you're playing the scene for the material and i think like something that works with this too is like this is not like i think somewhere where some comedy films can fail is it feels like joke 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 like i gotta keep you laughing this keeps you laughing the entire time but Mm -hmm. because it's like so subtle and because it's not it's not clawing at you to laugh Mm -hmm. it's it's in it it knows you're going to laugh because this is just situationally funny Mm -hmm. but it's not like joke after joke and like and i think that's what works so well about like this trio of actors is like you don't see the seams i i believe that they're them and i know i've seen them in other things i know i've heard their voices on other things but i i believe that they're actually this band when i'm watching that's half a comedy it's like committing to it and and just playing the truth of the the material like Everything was just true. It's not like Anchorman where everybody's just like clearly just like <laughs> right, yeah. wacky and zany. No, they're playing yeah. it straight, but yeah. just like these are weird people <laughs> uh, interacting together. <laughs> yeah, they're not trying to over you know, sell it. Like, yeah, it's just such, it's such in the subtlety of mm-hmm. all of it. Do you have one, Lauren? Um, I really love uh, the Saucy Jack sequence because I want that <laughs> that that to so exist. I need that musical in my life. You know, I always have random questions. One of mine was going to be a question to you both is like, are we going to go see Saucy, Saucy Jack, Jack when it comes? I, yeah, I w- without a doubt, I, w- like, I would want to see that. I think that's hysterical. Apparently there's some more extended videos of stuff of them gotcha. doing like Saucy Jack. Um, I love, I lo- Derek Smalls getting stuck in, in the pot is one of my all time favorites and it makes me laugh every time. The Stonehenge. I mean, the Stonehenge oh, bit is hysterical. And then, so when they reunited for Glastonbury, they had an oversized inflatable Stonehenge <laughs> that kept blowing around on the stage. Like, it's just fantastic. And it's like a lot, it's like such an incredible long running gag for them yeah. that makes it, they need to let them play at Stonehenge. That's actually mm-hmm. would be the piece. And that's one of those ones, right, where a lot of, uh, a one, I forget which band it was, talked about that they had a very, Aerosmith was, was it? Was okay. The, okay. One, they had Stonehenge on their <laughs> album. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, they were like, no, we don't like this. <laughs> They're totally making fun of us. Um, but yeah, it was, it was weird. Like in, like watching the movie, I was like, there's a lot of references. I'm like, are they referencing something that happened in the past or like, are they telling the future? Cause like the black album was Metallica's biggest album. Right. Yeah. Like, it's literally yeah. called the black album. It's like, <laughs> am I seeing things? Like, no, this was 84. This movie was 84. <laughs> Metallica started in 83. Uh, so it was like, it was just this perfect time yeah. of like the hair metal meeting up with like the new thrash metal era. So like this movie like plopped in at like the perfect time, I think of like, of rock history. Right. It was like all those eighties bands and like Sabbath was like, 60s and 70s but then it was coming into like Metallica just starting in 83 and like with Megadeth and all those bands and like I don't know the hair bands were kind of on the way out and like um yeah it was just kind of like that perfect time in history I was like you know songs like uh Big Bottom like it's like this like kind of a Fat Bottom Girls rip off but then other stuff I'm like I swear to god this influenced like other stuff <laughs> yeah. like, other stuff too so yeah uh there's actually uh, I looked up there's a video uh apparently Metallica on uh on a documentary they released for the Black Album, uh, they had the guys in Spinal Tap come backstage, <laughs> and they, they yell, they're like, they're like, oh, where'd you get that idea for that that album cover? Uh, so you have to look that up. Uh, it's amazing. Like they, they're they're great sports about it, but it's yeah. like, it's, yeah. It's I guess 
there was a cut scene um, of that some people that they had actually some people show up at the record store to sign their album, mm-hmm. and I guess one of the bits was they all sign the album, but they all sign it in black marker, <laughs> so the guy leaves the store or whatever, and he can't see any of the autographs. Oh, <laughs> that's great. Well, I think that's like the cool thing about this too is like I feel like. It's t- it's like a little bit taking the piss, but like not in a like a mean spirited way. It's kind of like, well, like if you see yourself in this gag that we're doing, you might be more telling on yourself than we're actually po- poking yeah. out something. Like I think it's just like kind of making fun of like you know when bands reach a certain height and kind of like the antics that come with that. And I think it's because I also think like the movies like are real like takedown of like a kind of misogyny that was existing in some of those bands and in that music like and saying like something about it like I find that really interesting and I find that really bold that they were doing it I also think it's like the kind of wild request or like you know you know so obviously the the very famous like like it goes up to 11 because it's one louder and like just the ridiculousness of that of like he thinks that's somehow better like I don't know there's just so much that they're doing in this film I have to say that was a scene that I genuinely thought I wasn't going to enjoy because it's been yeah. so played, but I actually found it extremely funny, mm-hmm. even though I knew all that it was coming. And and it's just that that delivery of when Rob Reiner's just like, why don't you just make it 10 and louder? And he's just like, but these go to 11. Like, yeah. it's just so... Well, it's one louder. And he's so proud of himself, too. He's like, this is the coolest After thing ever. he's shown all of his guitars and everything. And when you watch it, too, it's the pause at the end there, too. He pauses for, like, a good three seconds, like... Try loud. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 I like how he says, like, you can't look at the guitar. He said, don't yeah. look at don't it. Look don't at it. Don't, don't look at it. Lauren, you'll appreciate this. Do That's you right. know? Oh. So IMDb, their rating system for all of their films are on a 10-point scale, with the exception of one <laughs> film on the website. <laughs> well done, IMDb. <laughs> well to go. Yeah. It's the yeah. only one that goes to 11, although they're only at an 8. <laughs> That's like actually really disappointing. <laughs> you could have 11, but actually now your eight is so much worse. I'll ask like, you know, this, so this is this interesting thing, right? Like that is a line that gets so quoted from this film, mm. but as you already said at the beginning, it's not even the most memorable scene in the movie. So do we have any favorite lines or things that you think you might quote now that you've seen this film? There were, there were just some silly ones. Not that I'm like going to quote, like I didn't, I'm going to ter- do terribly of quoting them, but there was one I was just like, it was just so like it was almost like a throwaway line, but it, like it was so funny to me. Uh, the when the Boston gig got canceled, <laughs> yes. and then Ian goes, "I wouldn't worry about it though. It's not a big college town." <laughs> yes. I, was like, I was like, "Oh, it's so funny." <laughs> oh god, it's just, oh, it's just so funny. Ian's like, faith might be yeah. such the unsung, like because yeah. he's just because you he does not the name to everybody else, but yeah, yeah. when he just delivers in that line, it's just. Oh, nice. There's a line about him, like, oh, I gotta go pay the Hebrews for rent or whatever. It was uh, just as a Jew, I was like, oh, it's so funny too. I don't know why. Uh, so it's just those, yeah, a lot of just the throwaway yeah. lines. Uh, the one where the other band is coming through in the oh, lobby. Yeah. It's like, uh, oh, we would love to talk, but we gotta go sit in the lobby and wait, wait for, for the, the limo. Uh, just things like that. Uh, just tickled my giggle bones uh, real hard. You know, I don't know what, like, I've seen this movie a lot, but for whatever reason, that line, I burst out laughing this time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm going to use that the next time, like, someone tries to talk to me at work. I'm like, I'm sorry, i got to go sit in the lobby and wait for the limo. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's, quite, it's so vicious. Ryan, any for you? Oh, my God. Um, I, and I think it was where I was sold, it happened so early, I'm sold to this movie, which was when... Marty just says, I remember being knocked out by their exuberance, their raw power, and their punctuality. 
was just like, and he just says it so straight, and I'm just like, that's freaking hilarious. And I was just sold from that moment on. Um, I love when they were at Elvis's grave, oh, and they're right, like, yeah. it puts, I put some perspective on it, and they're like, yeah, gives too much fucking perspective. <laughs> <laughs> I also like when they're like arguing about who gets what part of the harmony as they're singing. Like, I'm done. <laughs> the uh, well, I'm not sure. I'd feel. <laughs> what does he say? But he's like, I, well, I'm sure I'd feel much worse if I weren't under heavy sedation. <laughs> <laughs> I like when uh, uh, the one journalist is talking to Ian and and is like saying like other oh, popularity is waiting, and he says their their appeal is just getting more selective. <laughs> <laughs> It's just like because like and I was such like, PR speak yes. is so <laughs> wonderful, and I think that's like also part of that because you have to think like that like that manager role at that time for those high profile music at like had to be so much of that like so much of that like gymnastics of like they're starting to wane but it's like you don't want to and then mm-hmm. and I just love the running gag of the the gigs keep getting canceled. Right. Yes. <laughs> like, it's just great. And Ian May just keeps being like, that's okay. Like, <laughs> yes. I, um, with the Stonehenge, when he's just like, Ian Faith is like, um, he wrote down, Nigel wrote down 18 inches, and that's what I made. And he's just like, it's not my job to know whether he meant 18 inches or if he knows the difference between inches and feet. <laughs> like, <laughs> Oh my god! And then just the album titles that they go through. Oh my gosh! Just all of them. Uh, Smell the glove. Clearly, just the best title (laughs) ever. Uh, The other ones I caught were the Gospel According to Spinal Tap, which is great. Uh, Shark Sandwich killed me. Uh, And then Intravenous Depilo. Intravenous Yes. Uh, Just that. Just that they had the album cover with it. Uh, It's pretty great too. Yeah. Not Um, not a a fan of Brain Hammer. Oh, those were yeah. the best ones. Yeah, those were the, the albums were great. Well, I think this is like there's not like a part of this dialogue that's like not funny. Like it is, you're right. Like it, it is not. You cannot watch this movie passively. Like mm-hmm. it demands your attention because it is so funny all the time. I'll ask you guys: have any like favorite running gags or a gag in particular? I know we talked about the cold sores already. Like that you see throughout the film, just the drummers dying, uh, <laughs> yeah. and then just that 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 it caps off with that. Just the <laughs> yeah. just, just at the end, the last, the final scene, he combusts, uh, and then and then it builds on it too. I, <laughs> the, just because of the drummer at the end spontaneously combusts, and then they got Joe Mama Besser uh, as the new guy. <laughs> but that which makes it even funnier. I was just watching the credits. The actual actor's name of Joe Mama Besser was his name was Fred Asparagus. Oh no. <laughs> I was, like, I was like, "Is that a joke?" Yeah, I don't know. I don't know a person's a joke. Uh, so yeah, apparently the actor's name was Fred Asparagus, who played the final drummer in the movie. So many jokes to make yeah, there. Uh, yeah. Very self-conscious about his pee. Right. Yeah. I liked um, the to me the the getting lost and trying to find the stage mm-hmm. was freaking. Hysterical. Yeah, that and yeah. just when they circle back and they see the the maintenance guy again. Yeah. No, it's like. I, I think, like, that's the other thing, too, is, like, they make them hapless, but not, like, in an annoying way, where mm-hmm. you're like, oh, God, I'm so sick of them. They're so stupid. Like, it's just, it works. I really like the, I like the, or it's not maybe, like, a gag, but I like the the origin story stuff that they're doing in front of the castle and how it keeps kind of going back to that every once in a while because it feels so, like, rooted in, like, this mm-hmm. is what you would do with a band. You'd yeah. put them in this, like, <laughs> like very overproduced, mm-hmm. like, setting for this, but then for them to explain, especially, like, essentially their origin being very similar to the Beatles. And this is, like, such a great, like, thing that happens in the film. I thought, um, like... 
even we were talking about like scenes and I, I didn't really know the the end credits that too, like are yeah. just hysterical. It's almost like just some stuff that didn't fit in right, the yeah. narrative of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I like the, when they uh, the books on tape. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, namesake series is, is what they say. Yeah. Uh, That's what he gives like right. It's a but when he asks him about his name and he's like it's an unusual saint. It's the patron saint of quality footwear. <laughs> <laughs> so many little and like that does make you like kind of want to go watch like the additional stuff they're doing because they've clearly just been so building upon this like over the years because they had so much to say with how they were going to like mock these bands and like and the thing is it would still work today because you the bands that they were mocking are still touring right Right. and like you know so there's still there's still like new content to be had with that any other gags or scenes that we didn't talk about just that or all of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just keep going. Right. I don't know. Uh, uh, spinal uh, the uh, when when they had puppet show uh, when they sharing with a puppet show. She goes. She goes uh, I told them spinal tap first and puppet show second. And I think because well, he then he like says later too. He's like, well, the dressing room's bigger than the puppets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, I guess. I really like it when Christopher Guest um, gets really like angry about the craft services, oh, <laughs> and he's like, "How do I fold this? What do I do with this?" He's like, "Why is this bread so tiny?" It just makes me laugh. <laughs> just keep <laughs> folding. He <laughs> keeps getting so aggravated by it. <laughs> I was going to say to Ben before he came, like, I apologize. We didn't have a spread of <laughs> small bread, like, half pitted olives. I think he just he just improvised every, literally every single way you could fold a sandwich right. over a small piece of bread. <laughs> and uh, he legitimately looks like he's getting angry. Yeah. This <laughs> makes it work so well. <laughs> but then you have to fold it again. Yeah. I think that's what makes this movie so special. And, like, and this is what I, I'm very much looking forward to for the both of you. Repeated viewings mm. will make this film even better. Yeah, yeah, I'm hooked. Yeah, I watched it a second time last night just to actually write notes down because I wanted to enjoy it the first time right. through. And then, uh, yeah, I took these notes. But even I was still discovering more stuff the second time around, and I'm sure I will the third and fourth and sixth time well that's what you were talking about earlier when you said which is so like about the fact that there's just so many little things that you're mm-hmm. not catching because it's like it's not like here there's a joke like right it's, like it's, it's so subtle it's almost like yeah. a sketch show but it's just like right just like a, a hundred and seventy different small <laughs> sketches right. that somehow narratively fit together to make this movie which is wild well, uh, and I think it's also, like, the additional charm of the fact of, like, again, it's that authenticity of, like, they're all musicians, and mm-hmm. they can all sing, so it's like, and you do, you buy into that completely, so it's like, when all these absurdist things are happening, you must buy into the comedy a little bit more, because you're just like, oh, you know, this seems real, because, like, you're the ones doing this, mm-hmm. and it feels like so lived in. It's it's just, it's such a great movie. That's, I will say, the industry scene where, like, earlier when they're talking about the issues with the album cover, there's so much stuff happening. Just, right. like, within that of, like, how people are operating in that scene. It's so great. So I have to ask you both, then. Yeah. Um, was it an offensive cover? The <laughs> lubed-up naked woman wearing a dog collar and leash with a man sticking a glove in her face? Was it offensive? <laughs> um, 
Yeah. <laughs> Ben's like, nah. I don't censor art, man. I don't censor art. <laughs> Might not be for me or you, but I don't censor art. If Ranch Rasher's just like, yeah. it's 1982, and he's just like, yeah, think about how much worse it, they wanted it to be. <laughs> that is one of the great lines. Although, I won't lie, even like the description of like, even as I say, yeah, and I'm like, I feel like I've seen worse on album yeah. covers. Right. I, none that come to mind right now, but I feel like I've seen some stu- stuff that you're like, that ain't right. Well, and I think that goes back to what you were talking about, Ben, which was the, like, it's, what's crazy, especially even watching this movie now, where you're like, knowing when it was, it's like, you felt like they were hitting things that were going to happen down the line. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it, it's just, it somehow played to uh, the past and present and future all in one. Yeah. Harry Shearer looks like <laughs> Lemmy Kilmeister from Motorhead the entire time. <laughs> yes. I couldn't get that out of my head. So it was like, <laughs> uh, I just saw him as Lemmy the whole time. And like, uh, yeah, Michael McKean's character, like, reminds me of a young James Hetfield from Metallica. And like, yeah. that's what it originated. So it was like, they just like reminded me of all those bands, like past and present, and like it just all kind of meshed together. Well, it's almost like they had that sense yeah. of like, hey, this is probably where the industry's going. Yeah. So it's not even just about capturing something then, but it's also like, where is this maybe like trickling out to, and like where yeah. do we see this kind of going they forward? They didn't rely on like ridiculous clothing and stuff no. to tell the story yeah. either. It was just like it was actually kind of muted, like yeah. for the most part. Yeah. Just, so like it let the characters shine through. Like I, other than like Harris Shearer wearing some like you know leather straps, but that was that's not anything I haven't <laughs> seen at shows. Right. Right. Uh, like, no. yeah, yeah. like I I've seen way worse stuff. At, like <laughs> once you've had like Guar shoot uh, shoot the president's blood at you, like I don't know, you kind of get a little uh, jaded. Yeah. <laughs> like this is tame, your yeah. leather strip. Well, also, and I'll talk about like kind of a little bit the unsung here, or not unsung, but like I don't know how much we talk about. Like Rob Reiner as Marty DeBerge is just mm. like incredible. Another person who's playing their comedy like so so realistically of just like because like so I mean I and, and and I'm sure this was like super apparent to anyone who's ever seen this film is that he was trying to get like an amalgamation of he was trying to be Martin Scorsese and Steven Spielberg and Brian De Palma and that's why the name is structured the way that it is that's why he's got the hat and the beard because like if you've ever seen pictures of Spielberg he always has like yeah. those military I, I, was one, I thought the hat had to be a reference it's a direct Spielberg. reference yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and as he said he was like yeah, he was like I wanted it to be kind of like an homage to those like directors and how they would have handled something like this because like you get the sense of like he really like kind of like what Martin Scorsese does with like Gimme Shelter only like he's obviously like even more of a presence in this but like he's so great in this too because he just doesn't he never like reacts to them in any dramatic way like he's completely embracing how ridiculous they are (laughs) well and that's it's a I mean now he's the director obviously but it's such a great role because it's like He's kind of the setup man, like by playing it the way that he does. Yeah. I mean, he's just setting up all of the jokes, which yeah. is so good. I love when he interviews the drummer in the bathtub uh, about yeah. like, what are the odds that you're going to be? He's like, do you think you're, yeah. do you worry about that? And he's like, well, by odds, I probably won't die. There's already been so many who have died, so I'll probably be fine. And he explodes at the end. Um, I'm so glad you both finally saw this movie. I really do have to say. So Ben, you're Thanks, saying Mom. it's <laughs> Good job, kids. <laughs> Snack time. Yay. Um, so one thing that we do on the show that I don't normally like doing, but Ryan likes doing, so we can definitely talk about this, uh, sequel, <laughs> remake, prequel, reboot. Um, does this film deserve any of those? Is there, Now, we do know that there's going to be a sequel coming up. There's obviously, this thing has had a lot of lives past its like original inception because of how they've toured, the albums they've put out, the different short films that they've done. So we know that there's, and there's a planned sequel coming up in 2024. Does this deserve a, a remake, a prequel, or a reboot? Do we see any vision for this, Ben? Is this something you want to see in any of those forms? I know it won't be as good, but like, I, 
I'll see it. <laughs> now I'll definitely see it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think it could, I would love to see what they do in the, the modern world of technology and all that, like, right. how that stuff has changed. That's like, when I was watching that movie too, I was just like, oh man, I wish I could have gone to shows in the 80s without phones and all that kind of fun stuff. <laughs> right. Um, like, I've actually gone to a few Jack White concerts recently where they make you put your phone in a bag. Oh, they do so like the, the, the seal patch. Yeah. The seal patch thing, and I love it so much. Like, yeah. Even as a social media guy who like, right. likes taking pictures at shows and stuff, like, I try not to do it too much. Like, I do it couple times during the show because right. I don't want to be that annoying person but like I've seen that like I just wanted to see that kind of stuff but yeah I want to see what the what Spinal Tap in 2024 looks like I feel uh, like Harry Shearer's on TikTok I don't know why but I feel like they write that in somehow like he's become TikTok famous do you think they like do a show with the Folksman like at some point that would be amazing. shut up that'd be great. Uh, please don't tell oh, fly. Oh. I'll fly to wherever that is right. <laughs> probably at the Hollywood Bowl right yeah like a weeknight show and you're like yeah. damn it yeah, yeah. alright yeah. that's fair Ryan any could you see this as like as uh, like obviously again we know sequels coming could you see a prequel a remake a reboot is there any version I got a remake. of this can I recast my remake of course you can. She says, knowing potentially where this is going. Uh, it's a good cast. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Jordan Peele as Marty. Great. Yeah. Right. Amazing. Amazing. Then you know I'm gonna bring in Keegan Michael Key as Ian Faith. Uh, okay. Yeah. Right. No. Yeah. He he play, yeah. he plays pushy agent well. Yeah. 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 Then Pete Davidson as Nigel. Oh my god! I almost <laughs> spit out <laughs> spit out my Metallica bourbon. <laughs> By the way, thank you for bringing the uh, Metallica bourbon. You're welcome. <laughs> Blackened whiskey. Go get some. Um, Give me a sponsorship. Yes. <laughs> we got um, Bill Haber, Hader as uh, David oh, C. For crying out loud, you. Ben Schwartz as <laughs> Derek Smalls. And uh, Kate McKinnon as uh, Mick Shrimpton. Okay, I do like your casting. All right, thank you. You're, you're Ben, you're ben Schwartz. Ben Schwartz, Bill Hader, tradition alive and well, and actually they would be Think very good. Think of the three of them. The three yeah. of them would, would would do really well with. Oh it. no, no, it would be totally incredible. Um, you know, this is like it's weird to think about like this. This next question I want to ask you is like it feels strange because I feel like this is such a real band. Um, do you have any favorite like fictional bands from movies? Is is this now your favorite fictional band from a film? Like any that stick out it's to like, you? I don't, yeah, I don't even know if it's like a fictional band. Like I would consider like them and like. Even like the the parallels to like Tenacious D. I don't think Tenacious D mm. exists without this movie. Like it's just like it's oh, very, that's a great point. It's very similar, and like it was just like Tenacious D and them. It's just like oh, this band that thinks highly of themselves, but they're not as <laughs> popular as they think they are. Like it was the same kind of trope, but like uh, the Tenacious D is like more of like an everyman like loser version of that. Right. Yeah. Um, and their their songs are like clearly jokes. <laughs> right. Yeah, 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 as opposed yeah. to like these subtle like sat sat uh, satirical like right. pieces of you know they're satirizing music and different genres and stuff rather than actual jokes and songs. But yeah, like. It's like, do you consider Tenacious D a fake band? But like, they tour, like, right? They have albums out. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's almost a real band to me. So yeah, yeah I always yeah, just kind of put them in a real band. Yeah, you know, yeah. So I was trying to think of like fake the first bands. time I ever saw them was at the Y One Hundred Festival back in like two thousand and three or four, mm-hmm. and somebody was like, "No, this band coming up. It's Jack Black." Like, and and at the time, I can't remember what movie they were referencing him from, and I was like, "Really, that guy?" And uh, they were great. Yeah. Like, they were awesome. So I always just took them as like a real band. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's the interesting th- thing too, where like the the members of that band then are real musicians, and they yeah. really can play, and they really can sing. Like, it's hard to, it is, it's hard to think about them as fiction, even if they start off in a fictional space. Like, mm-hmm. and I get that. Like, certainly, like. 
these three actors, when they get together as Spinal Tap, like, they commit to their character yeah. so much, but at the same time, like, that feels pretty real. So does me. every other band. Like, Alice Cooper is, you know, like, he's, a, you know, he's playing a character of sorts, right. or any of these, like, a lot of bands that wear masks and stuff. Like, they're playing characters on stage, yeah. just so it's, like, it just makes it theatrical. Uh, it's just some bands are a little more comedic than others, you know? Yeah. That's, uh, I don't know. Yeah. So, like, fake, ba- like, actual fake bands, <laughs> like... Like the beats from Doug. Like, yes! like that's a fake band. Like that band doesn't exist. Banging on my trash can. Yeah, so like bands like that. I yeah. Mean, like silly stuff. Are in... they killer tofu? Yeah, yeah killer tofu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the oh man. I used to like I legitimately used to like try I would like be so excited when that episode would come on mm. on Nickelodeon and be like, Oh, it's that episode. Because when we come back on, you're like, yes, that's so good. Ryan, do you have any, like, oh fake or fake I had a list bins? of, like, 14. I won't name them all. Oh, my you. gosh. Dude. <laughs> I was just, I was having fun this with it. Good. And I was just like, I want to write down all these fake bands. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking of, like, Marvin Berry and the Starlighters uh, from yes. Back to the yep. Future. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then the Pinheads, uh, which was Marty's band, who I guess were not very good. Um, <laughs> but somehow created, you know, Johnny Be Good. Um, <laughs> um, the Lone Rangers is one of my oh, favorites. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's a fake band. I'd consider that a fake band. Yeah, right. Um, Zack Attack. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 Um, Jesse and the Rippers. Um, Sing Street. Oh, yeah. All really. I mean, it could keep going on. Like, you know. Yeah. You, <laughs> I, no, I like Well, and it's also funny, like, also think about, like, that moment in time in television where that was something that happened a lot. Like, you're talking, you brought us back to Doug. You're talking about Saved by the Bell. There's an entire TV show created, California, California Dreams, Dreams. Are completely around, like, a fictional band. I can't believe we've had two episodes in a row that we've made California Dreams references. Let's keep the streak alive. Maybe, maybe this is my Ben Schwartz and Bill Hader. How about I work California <laughs> Dreams into every episode? I feel like you're making it out like that's a bit and not me just, <laughs> you just genuinely them. casting them and the perfect parts. I'm a little hurt by no, what you're insinuating here. I just think you really love Ben Schwartz and Bill Hader and like bringing them up as much as possible. Any others? Um, uh, let's see. Sex Bob-omb. Sex Bob-omb is great. Um, yeah. Crucial Taunt from Wayne's World. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. uh-huh. <laughs> what about you? You got in? Uh, I have one. And it is the fictionalized version of a fictional band in a movie. And that is Captain Geach and the Shrimp Shack Shooters <laughs> from That Thing You Do, which is the fictionalized version of the O'Neaters. I'm not calling them the Wonders. No one goes harder for the movie uh, (laughs) The Wonders. Oh, you mean that thing you do? That thing you do, excuse me, yes. Then Lauren. (laughs) Like, just... I don't know why it is, like, it is... I'm not even going to call it Guilty Pleasure. I think it's a great movie. I think it's a great movie. It is quotable. It's enjoyable. It celebrates the love of music. It's got Tom Hanks. He does that little move in the one concert, and I, like, I think it's the greatest thing ever. He's got awesome sunglasses. And a band called Captain Geach and the Shrimp Shack Shooters. <laughs> what is there not to love? She literally has a t-shirt of that. Like, <laughs> I, do, I, have a, I do have a t-shirt. Um, so, I, I, you know, we're talking fictional bands, so I'll ask this. So maybe it's like a heavy question to kind of close us out. Or not heavy in like a sad way, but like heavy, like weighty way. Um, it, it, you know, we, we talked Rocky or documentaries at the beginning of this. This is considered, you know, in the grand tradition of mockumentaries or rockumentaries. Um, so I'll ask in terms of like, of all the movies that are about bands, whether fictional or not, is this the best? Ooh. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go oh, first? Because you like, do you include like 
stuff like walk the line, which is like like I Heck yeah, line, could, like, yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah, like, no, I, I think know, so. It's, it's, I feel like it's apples and oranges between <laughs> like a, a comedy movie and like movies like that. So I don't know. That's hard to. I'm going with a solid no. Yeah. Oh, solid no. Okay. But it's not to say that this movie is not yeah. worth the greatness that it comes. But to yeah. me, it's it's almost famous. And I oh, intentionally fair, yeah. left Stillwater off of my last list because I knew I was going to need to make an almost famous reference here. So yeah. to me, that is the quintessential that's fair. band movie. Okay. No, that's fair. And, you know, when you're bringing up, like, Walk the Line, it's, like, it's hard to, like, think about things that, like, celebrate music and, like, especially that. Mm-hmm. That's, like, tapping into someone's, like, full career and really trying to, like, capture that essence. But it's, like, it's this interesting thing. I think about this because when you watch this film, it's, like, I get why Ozzy... Now, Ozzy was probably because of drugs that he thought this, but, like, I get why yeah, he I thought this was... Yeah, it's the Sharon, watch this documentary. Yeah, and this came out at a weird time. I think it was, like, his solo career just started and, like... Black Sabbath was still around, but, like, making albums with Dio and, like, the other guy that was around for, like, two albums or something. Like, it was a weird time in, like, <laughs> the, that band's history, too. So, yeah. like, he was probably cracked out. Really <laughs> He's probably like, no, this really could happen. Yeah. You will leave a band, and they will just keep going without mm-hmm. you. Yeah. I it, do have to quick say, though, Ozzy Osbourne, I am not, like, a huge Ozzy Osbourne fan, but I got to see him live one time, and mm-hmm. I, I have a feeling you may have as well. Yeah. I thought he was incredible live. He just... He just Flicks that switch. Yeah. Like, it's it just like, just this like... is what he lives for. <laughs> yeah. It's all just muscle memory and... Yeah, and his devoted yeah. fan base just gives you that energy. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, he was one of the best live acts I've ever seen. Yeah, I'm just like, how does he go from a babbling <laughs> mess that sits in a corner, <laughs> like, yeah. to, like, like right? bringing a whole crowd <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, it's stunning. It's, it's amazing. Sorry, I didn't mean to die. I just was like, you said it, and I was like, I had to, I had to know, I figured yeah. that Ben had to have seen him at some point. Yeah. So. I don't think there's any better way to, like, close out this episode than to talk about incredible performers, because, I mean, I think that's what makes this thing, is because, like, you've seen, you know, ver- like, everything that they're... You know, cut. You know, taking taking a run at or or fictionalizing or kind of like trying to reference. Like we've seen it, so therefore it makes this feel more real. And it's like, and it does what it's what makes the comedy so much better because like you know what they're trying to pull from. And again, in like not in a horrifying, mocking way, but just in like I don't know. There's just something very pleasant about this movie. Like there's something so fun about this. But this has been incredible to have you yeah, on super for, fun. like, the show. I, I, I can't think of anyone better to have this conversation with than oh, you. Thank you. I love, every time you bring up music, I tense because I know I don't have anything to add to the conversation. <laughs> you have such incredible knowledge. Um, do you have anything coming up that you want to promote to our audience? Or any? Or do you want to, like, yeah. give them your socials to follow you? Yeah, just follow me on at Molten Metal Media on Instagram and Facebook. And I'm on Twitter, but I don't really use it anymore because... Screw Elon Musk. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm occasionally on TikTok, but I usually just use it as an editing tool for some of my, <laughs> some of my clients. Uh, but yeah, follow all my clients if they're interesting to you. Yeah, record stores and civic theaters, great theater. And I, I don't know, I just love, love working with all of them. Um, they're all good people and they have cool products and stuff that I think is just fun. <laughs> it's not like, I'm not selling pipe fixtures or something like that. Yeah. So yeah, follow all the things and uh, support your local businesses. I think that's, yeah, that's the main thing. Uh, yeah, and go to, go to shows. Go to live shows. Go by yourself. Go with a friend. Just go to the show, especially like if it's someone that's like a little older than you haven't seen them before, like go see them. Just, you know, you're gonna, you don't regret not seeing that band. Um, yeah, like I, I, uh, I was invited to go see uh, Janet Jackson the other day, like yeah. something I wouldn't go to normally. I was like, yeah. I'm glad I did. It wasn't awesome. necessarily yeah. my thing, but I'm like, I saw it. It's cool. <laughs> I got like got something out of it, learned a little bit more and like 
just people watching at shows is fun too. Right. Uh, so that kind of stuff. Yeah, go go support bands, buy their merch because that's how that's the only way they make friggin' money anymore. Yeah, uh, that's right. why I like buying physical media because it like actually supports the band. Uh, yeah, all that stuff. Buy t-shirts. Buy buy all that stuff. That's awesome. awesome. Yeah, I it, it can't. I mean, that's great. Like, yeah. I just the community of being at a live show. And, yeah, yeah, feeling that energy. Yeah, nothing quite like it, and you captured yeah. it beautifully. Um, well, everyone, listen to everything that Benjo said. It's incredible advice. Um, if you're not currently following us on social media, follow us at How Could You Podcast on Instagram, How Could You Pod on Twitter. You can send us emails, thoughts, and suggestions to How Could You Podcast at gmail.com. We will be um, promoting and tagging everything related to Ben and Molten Metal Media in our posts. Make sure you go and give him a follow, and also the incredible way in which he supports local businesses. We'll be definitely highlighting that. Yeah, thank you very much, Ben. We can't wait to have you back on another show sometime in the near future. Thank you. I just have one more last thing to say. Slayer! (laughs) (laughs) And until next time, enjoy the jazz odyssey. (laughs) 